With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. All right, so as you just heard, Jack Hughes is going to the New Jersey Devils. Hi, I'm Thomas Vesco, and I'm alongside Joseph Caruso for this one. Andrew Flager's out. Joe Caruso subbed in. Uh, this is the N10 Puck Talk podcast, episode number 19, being recorded on June 23rd, 2019. Joe, what's going on, buddy? I'm good, Thomas. How are you? There's been a crazy couple of days the past few weeks in the NHL, that's for sure. Yeah, so we'll get we'll get started with the draft, actually. So um, Hughes is going to the Devils, as we just heard in the audio of the intro. And then Capo Caco is headed to the Rangers, obviously second overall pick. And then Kirby Dak, which is a bit of a surprise, is going to the Chicago Blackhawks. So those are the top three picks in the 2019 NHL, NH, NHL draft. Uh, we had a few surprises in there, Joe. Uh, if you want to read them or I read them, what, what do you want to do? Uh, you could take the surprises. Okay, so surprises of the draft. So we got Bort Sider, who went sixth overall to the Red Wings. That was a bit of a shock on the draft floor when, uh, I don't know who announced his name, but they announced that Boris Sider, the defenseman from Germany, is going sixth overall to the Red Wings. Uh, and then the host of the draft, the Vancouver Canucks, t- took uh, Pozoltskin at 10th. Uh, that was a surprise because there's a lot of rumors that he is under contract in the KHL next year for the next two seasons. So the, there has been doubt that he might return and play in the National Hockey League in his career. So that was a bit of a surprise in the front of the home crowd for the Vancouver Canucks fans to hear. And then the final surprise to me was Lassie Thompson going to the Ottawa Senators. I think it was 19th overall or something. And he was supposed to go late in the first round at like 25 to like 31. So that was a bit of a surprise for the Senators. But I think the first round was really good and had a lot of talent. And uh, we'll, we'll hear the steals from the 2019 NHL draft. Joe, you want to take it? Yeah, so the steals that we saw were Turcotte going fifth to LA. He was projected to go third to the Blackhawks, but they ended up taking uh, Doc, as Thomas mentioned. And then, since I'm a big Montreal Canadiens fan, uh, Cole Caulfield dropped nicely to the Habs at number 15. Yeah, He is regarded as the best pure goal scorer in the draft. He actually broke uh, Matthew's USMNT goals record with 72, I believe. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty pumped for that. Um, so an underrated uh, steal that was also in the first round was Phil Toma- Tomasino to Nashville. So that was a bit of a, a steal. And yeah. uh, maybe Nolan Foote as well being drafted by the same team as his brother Cal Foote. And that's why... Oh. That was to the Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. Um, yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool that Cole Caulfield what, dropped to the Habs because he was supposed to go in the top 10. Uh, how excited are you for him? Man, I'm pretty pumped. Like He's kind of like the same build as Alex DeBrinket yeah. for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's about 5'7", like 165 or so. And he's just like a pure goal scorer, and that's something that Montreal desperately needs. They need more goals. I know... He probably dropped because of his size at 5'7", but he has a lots of upside, so hopefully he translates that to the NHL. Yeah, and I just want to quickly mention about Phil Tomasino there. Uh, he was actually, he went to my high school, uh, St. Martin's High School, so that's pretty cool. That yeah, that's awesome. He's the first first round pick in, from that school. I think Dave, didn't, what overall did Dave Poulin go? Because he went to St. Martin's as well. Uh, I honestly can't recall right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, we got Phil Tomasino, so first-round pick uh, from the St. Martin's High School. That's pretty cool. And yeah, Nolan Foote's going with his brother. That's pretty cool as well. Uh, his 
uh, his older, or it's not his older, his dad, Adam Foote, is the coach for the Kootenai Ice, I think they play for or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty. That's going to feel pretty cool for him as well. So his two sons are going to be headed to Tampa Bay. Hopefully they play with each other. Uh, but we'll see in the future. Uh, so, got a big news uh, yesterday. So yesterday and Saturday we heard that P.K. Subban has been traded to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, oh, what do you fe- P.K. <laughs> what do you feel about that? I was really surprised just for New Jersey picking him up. I mean, I heard like going into the drafters discussion that he could be dealt and there's kind of indication that it could be to either possibly Vancouver or Toronto, which was being reported. Uh, but then New Jersey came in and swooped in and got PK from Nashville for defenseman Steven Santini and Jeremy Davis, as well as a second round pick in 2019 NHL draft and a second round pick in next year's NHL draft 2020. Yeah, that's uh, that was a shock because, well, PK Subban's on a uh, pretty good contract. I mean, he's making $9 million and the National Predators aren't retaining any salary on this deal. So uh, the Jer- New Jersey Devils have a lot of cap space, and it makes sense for them to do the trade. They need kind of more defensemen, more elite, more defensemen. Uh, they have Damon Severson on their team. He's pretty good, but I don't think he's elite. So P.K. Subban's going to definitely step in there with Jack Hughes next year and definitely make an impact. But the New Jersey Devils need a goal. There's no surprise about that. Corey Schneider's not good enough to do the job. Yeah. <laughs> and they traded Keith Kincaid to the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, at the deadline. Uh, so we'll be seeing a new New Jersey team next year, and hopefully they're very good and fast. Um, but I want to ask you a question because obviously you're a Habs fan. Who wins the OG Subban trade? Oh, well, I guess now you got to give it to Montreal, no? I mean, Shea Weber is now the captain of the team. You know, he's been pretty good uh, other than being injured for a year but I mean he bounced back pretty good this year when he came back and he looks like he's a very impactful player still even though he's in his early to mid 30s now but he's still like a very veteran presence big the man mountain they call him over in Montreal (laughs) so uh, he has that veteran presence that the team needs to kind of guide them through the season and hopefully next year towards the playoffs so um and now I know Subban led Nashville to the Stanley Cup Finals his first season yeah. there, but mm-hmm. ultimately they didn't get the job done. I still like PK Subban. I've always liked him. I never had animosity to, towards him when they traded him. It's just I kind of surprised that New Jersey was the team that they ended up uh, picking him up. Yeah, I would have liked to see him in Vancouver, but ultimately that was not the decision that the New Jersey Devils and the uh, Nashville Predators made. But Subban had 31 points last year. He struggled with injury as well. He had nine goals, 22 assists, and 63 games there in Nashville. And he also had three points, one goal, two assists, and six Stanley Cup playoff games for Nashville last season. I mean, they got to sign Yossi next year, so it kind of makes sense for them to deal P.K. Subban. They just can't pull his cap for next year. I think Yossi's in the range between $8 million and $9 million. The guy's the captain of the team, yeah. and he's been drafted there. So, I mean, like, I mean... Yeah, so it makes sense to trade P.K. Subban because they got a lot of other defensemen, Ryan Ellis, Matias um, Ekholm. So, but uh, I think Nashville's going to miss him a lot. They're going to miss his offense and miss his shot on the power play. So, uh, we'll see next year. But I don't know. What do you feel about New Jersey? Like, I don't know what they're going to do next year. I mean, the last two days they really got a, I guess, a franchise center and Jack yeah. Hughes going first overall, and then now they have their number one defenseman from for P.K. Subban getting acquired from Nashville Predators. So 
it seems like just the last two days they've really upgraded their team and they still have some nice pieces there like Taylor Hall, Kyle Palmieri, Nico Heischer went first overall two years ago. Like they still have some pieces there, but again, as you said before, they need to address their goaltending because <laughs> yeah, Corey Schneider is not getting it done, <laughs> and they don't really have a backlog. But I know they have Mackenzie Blackwood in the yeah, system, yeah. but I don't know if they're ready to give him the starting role yet. Yeah, like I said, we'll see next year, and the Metro's getting a lot more better, so that's good to see. They already have Crosby Ovechkin, and now they have uh, Hughes and Capo Caco there. So Oh yeah, Caco with the Rangers in the Metro as well. Yeah, do you want to talk about him a bit, or what? Sure. I mean, Kako, like, he had a fantastic year going into his draft year. He won the World Juniors. He scored the game, gold medal game-winning goal against yeah. Jack Hughes' United States, which is awesome. And then he also won World Championship in May with Team Finland, a very underrated Team Finland that beat Canada in the finals to win gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit salty about that one, but, I mean, they played good Finland. They deserved to win, and... Kako just racked up the hardware, especially with Finland, over the past few months leading into the draft. And there was some debate whether it was Hughes or Kako going first overall, but ultimately New Jersey went with the center. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers, uh, there's no consolation prize there. Kako's a great player and she will help that franchise for the long run. Yeah, and I think um, it's no surprise that Kako Kako is probably more NHL ready than Jack Hughes. I don't know if you agree with that. I mean, yeah, Kako's played against men because he played in the yeah. Finnish Elite League mm-hmm. during his draft year, so he's used to playing against men. Hughes played against mostly teenagers and, I guess, yeah. under 21. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really shine as much on the international stage, in my opinion, in terms of like the world championship. But again, Hughes is like a... Yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to be a great player, so... Yeah, down the long run, I think Hughes is going to be the better player, but that's not to say Kako Kako's going to be a stud in the NHL, another Finnish to add to... Uh, long list of great Finnish players that entered the league very recently. So, yeah, we'll see the two of them duke it out in the Metropolitan for years to come. And we're going to talk about another trade. So, it's another trade that happened on Saturday at the draft for between the second round and seventh round. Uh, JT Miller's headed the Vancouver Canucks from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this is pretty surprising because I knew JT Miller was probably a very core piece of that uh, team. He was very good, solid for them. Uh, he had 47 points last year, 13 goals, 34 assists in 75 games last season for the Lightning, and as well as two assists in a very uh, not promising playoff run, four games eliminated uh, by the Columbus Blue Jackets. But again, like Tampa needs cap space signed Braden Point, so it's a smart decision for the Lightning to do this trade. Uh, JT Miller, I think he carries a cap hit of like $5 million or so, and he was signed by the Tampa Bay Lightning, so that's kind of not embarrassing, but like, I mean, you got to shed some caps somehow. Uh, what do you feel about this trade? Um, just, yeah, like as you said, they had to shed some salary. And JT Miller, who's still a very good player for them, but he didn't have much of a great season this year with only 47 points in 75 games. But when they acquired him last, I think, 2018 trade deadline, when they acquired him and McDonough, he really lit it up for them leading up to the when they got eliminated by the Capitals in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, they signed him to that, I, I don't know how many years it was, but it, yeah, it was about $5 million cap hit with Braden Point coming up as an RFA and he's ready to break the bank as well with a ninety over 90 points this season. Yeah, <laughs> They had to like, shed some salary somewhere and you know they could probably have some upcoming prospect, forward prospect that could replace JT Miller and they just kind of want to make sure they, do, they don't crunch themselves too much with this caps situation yeah you actually said it perfectly uh 
we didn't mention the return yet, but the return is uh, goalie Merrick Maznick for uh, going to the Tampa Bay Lightning, as well as a third-round pick, uh, which the Tampa Bay Lightning used in the 2019 NHL draft, and a conditional first-round pick in the 2020 NHL draft. So Vancouver Canucks are hoping they can make the playoffs uh, next season. So I think, I mean, <laughs> they got a young enough team to do it. Pedersen's pretty good. Besser's pretty good. they got to get Besser done. And JT Miller just adds to the great offense that they have going on there. So, yeah, we'll talk about another signing they did, the Vancouver Canucks, but not just yet. Um, I think JT Miller is going to fit very well with the Canucks. Yeah, I so, agree. But, again, they got to get Besser done. I don't know what he's getting. I don't know what you think he's getting, but... I mean, uh, just looking at other RFAs, like, he can easily get between, like, in yeah. my opinion, probably $7.5 honestly. Pure goal scorer. Um, he's a he's a pure goal scorer. He's very young. I think he's twenty one or twenty two years old. I mean, he he's gonna be like the sniper of the team, with Pedersen setting him up, and you know he's he's gonna be a good player for them in the future if they can lock him up. Yeah, and also to mention, I think Bo Horvat's gonna be named captain. I think they should name uh, Vancouver should name him captain next year. They need a captain going if they want to make the playoffs. And I think this trade not definitely says that says that the. Vancouver Canucks are ready for playoff hockey, but like, I mean, if you're acquiring a guy like JT Miller to help your team offensively and in the corners and stuff, I think that you want to make the playoffs as the franchise. So we'll see about that. But Bo Horvat should definitely be the captain next year. He's been there for, I think, five years or so. He's been an assistant captain for the last three or two seasons. So we'll see what the Vancouver Canucks do. Now, just, yeah, just one more note on that. I kind of wanted to mention, okay. like, I know you mentioned yeah, yeah. that they're trying to look to make the playoffs next year. So. I'm pretty sure with giving up that first-round pick in 2020, they're really hoping to make the playoffs. And then hopefully JT Miller can contribute to them making the playoffs. You know, the West is kind of a little bit of in a swing, in my opinion. I don't know if San Jose can go back to the West Conference Finals again. Yeah, they're too old, man. Yeah, <laughs> especially with, like, Thorin said he's going to come back to play. He's going to be 40 <laughs> years old, like, poor guy. And then Pavelski, if he gets re-signed. Yeah. He'll be 35, so maybe San Jose might dip a little bit, and then Vancouver could possibly rise to the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. But I think Vancouver's definitely an exciting team coming up for the future. So For sure. Um, a guy who has been in for the, with the Leafs for two years uh, has been traded to the Carolina Hurricanes, and if you couldn't tell, it's Patrick Marlowe. Uh, Marlowe's old, obviously, we all know <laughs> that, but he was, he was all right in his first year with the Leafs. I mean, I think he scored 27 goals or so, so... Uh, but last year was a really down year for Patrick Marlowe, and when he carries a cap of $6.1 million, or $6.2 million, sorry, um, I don't think you want that on your team, and especially when you have to sign Mitch Marner, who's really, really good at hockey. So um, Patrick Marlowe has been traded from the Leafs with a conditional first-round pick to the Carolina Hurricanes for a seventh round or sixth-round pick in 2020. Um Obviously, you know, I know Joe is not a big fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but when you see this deal, like, what does it mean for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I mean, it had to get done. They had Janssen and Kapanen and Marner, all the RFAs that they had to sign. Marlowe, that cap hit is just too much for the production that he brings at this point of his career. He's 39, soon to be 40 years old. I mean, yeah. when they signed, when he signed in Toronto, the reason he signed was because he got that guaranteed third year on his contract. Mm -hmm. His other teams only offered two. So that's why he went to Toronto because they offered yeah. that third year. But 
eventually the third year kind of screwed the Leafs because they had to sign all these RFAs and they had to get rid of Marlowe. I think it was necessary to get them out of the cap crunch. And I know he had a a strong impact with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews their first couple years in the league Mm -hmm. with, with his family and things like that, his veteran presence. So I'm sure those guys will miss him. They'll take those lessons they learned and Mm -hmm. carry into next season. Yeah, he messed up on the goals part. Uh, he had 16 goals last year, not 17. But Marlowe had 37 points, 16 goals, 21 assists, and 82 uh, regular season games for the Maple Leafs. Obviously, he has that long streak of Iron, the Ironman streak in games. But Patrick Marlowe's play is not up to par, and I don't think it ever will be again because he's getting to an old age. As you said, he's 39 years old, turning 40 for next year. Um, he's probably going to be bought up by the Carolina Hurricanes. I heard that. Uh, Chris Johnson tweeted it from Sportsnet. So... He could be headed back to San Jose at like $1 million or $2 million per year. But again, Patrick Marlowe wasn't playing up to his uh, salary cap. And I hate when like we do this with players. We judge them on what they, their price tag is. Patrick Marlowe's a good player, but like obviously he's not a good player at $6.2 million. And we all know that. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, he's struck, uh, close with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. But again, at the end of the day, it's business. And the Leafs had to do this trade in order to... <laughs> most likely get Mitch Marner done because that's very important for the Leafs. He's a good player and going to the future. Um, I don't know what Mitch Marner's making because that guy and his dad and his agent are just screwing things. I don't think it's the Leafs' fault, Kyle Dubas' fault because they gave him a William Nylander and we can talk about William Nylander all we want, but at the end of the day, he carries a 6.9 cap hit and he wasn't playing up to that uh, cap last year. So hopefully he plays up. Uh, to his cap it next year and I think he will Nylander's a good player he's signed uh, to a long-term contract so I don't know we'll see what the Leafs next season I don't know you don't want too much success to the Leafs next year I know that but <laughs> I do and I don't care about the Habs so go Leafs go <laughs> yeah well honestly like it's just I see the Leafs making improvements this year I know with Patrick Marleau's contract, Lou Lamorello, the former GM, before Kyle Dubas signed the contract, he also signed Nikita Zaitsev to that monster seven-year. Yeah, great deal. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic, man. <laughs> Four and a half million dollars per year. So I don't really blame Dubas too much. I mean, the Nylander contract he yeah. kind of botched, but he didn't. Re- he, Dubas didn't want him sitting out the entire year, so I can't really blame him too much for that. But he's just trying to get out of these, like that Patrick Marleau contract, which he did and. I mm-hmm. think he's still trying to get out of the Nikita Zaitsev contract, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, I don't I don't expect the Leafs to do much in the free agency market this year, but uh, they can improve within the organization. They got Jeremy Bracco coming up, Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Lilgren, uh, Dimitro Timishov, Pierre Engvall, guys like that. So hopefully they have a big impact on the Leafs roster next season and wrote an article, I don't know, months ago about the injuries they're going to have going to the year with Zach Hyman, ACL injury, and uh, Travis Dermer on the back end with a elbow injury. So that's going to affect the team in their first game of the season uh, versus the Ottawa Senators on opening night, October 2nd. So we'll see what the Leafs can do next season. I think they're going to make it past <laughs> the first round. Hopefully they do because I, that's, I think Babcock's gone if they don't. And, yeah, we'll see. So I think I'm, we'll move on from the Leafs if you want to say something else about them. Just one more thing. I mean, if the Leafs get eliminated one more time in the first round, it just brings me more joy because I uh, love when the media rips on them. It's so funny. Living in Toronto, they always just they rip. Like this past uh, playoffs when they lost to Boston again yeah. in Game 7 at TD Garden. It's just, it's just funny listening to those guys rip the team all the time, honestly. 
Yeah, I don't like it. But uh, we'll move on from the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Philadelphia Flyers, who are set to make big impacts in the offseason, and they're just starting with another one. Kevin Hayes. So they traded for Kevin Hayes. They traded a fifth-round pick. Uh, he was on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the 27-year-old center had 55 points, 19 goals, 36 assists, and 71 games with the Winnipeg Jets and Rangers last season. And he signed a big deal that uh, could screw a couple of UFAs this My year and a couple of RFAs. So Philadelphia Flyers gave him a seven-year contract worth around $7 million. Um, that's very surprising for Kevin Hayes. What do you What do you think, man? Like It's terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what Philly's doing here, but Philly. I don't understand what this contract does. I mean... Sure, he's 27 years old. He's in his prime, but he only had 55 points last year, and he probably won't even be the number one center on Philadelphia. Yeah, like, they have Sean Couturier, who's now established himself as that exactly. perfect two-way center. I know Giroux's moved to the wing now, and mm-hmm. Hayes will be the second-line center. But set over seven million for a second-line center. But yeah. come on. Yeah, and like 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 I said, he's going to screw a lot of few UFAs because Matt Duchesne's going to ask for now like 10 million dollars. Uh, I don't think Matt Duchesne's worth $10 million. I think he's worth around like nine. But again, this contract definitely tampers with, well, not tampers, it kind of screws with the contracts that UFAs and RFAs need to sign because I just look at our notes here. He's making more than McKinnon, Barkoff, and Shifley. Like, that's just crazy. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, Locko, here we come? Or like, Yeah, the, these type of contracts, like, cause Locko. It's like, I'm telling you, like, Mitch, like, even like RFAs, like, Rantanen, yeah, no. Mitch Marner, Point, as you said before. Uh, Even other guys like Line A Besser, like those guys, Matthew Kachuk. Like, yeah, those guys are just looking at that contract and saying, oh, if this guy's worth $7 million, how much am I worth? I'm way younger yeah. than Hayes. All these Better. RFAs are like 21, 22 years old, and they all have more upside, I think, than Hayes. So what are they asking? And GMs are probably... Shaking their head at Philadelphia looking at that contract yeah, right now. So stupid. And I, I would probably argue that most of the RFAs this season are better than Kevin Hayes. Uh, all of them are. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, he's a good player, and I hate to put like price tags on players. But I think he's going to be a good player for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's a big guy. Um, hopefully he can pop in 60 points for them next year. He's going to the power play in front of the net. But again, the price tag that comes along with Kevin Hayes for the next seven years is going to be a hefty one. So uh, the Philadelphia Flyers also made another move. You want to mention it? Yeah, Braun was traded to the Flyers by the Sharks for draft picks. So Braun was traded to Philadelphia for a second round pick in the 2019 NHL draft, which was pick number 41, and also a third round pick in the 2020 NHL draft next year. So um, Braun was a seventh-round pick, selected 201st overall by San Jose in the 2007 NHL Draft. Braun so far has 154 points, 24 goals, 130 assists, and 607 NHL games, all with the Sharks, and also has 13 points, 3 goals, 10 assists, and 84 playoff games. Braun is uh, definitely more of a defensive-minded defenseman for the Sharks, He's not really known for his offense. He's more of a shutdown. He used to play a lot with Mark yeah. Edward Vlasic in San Jose. Mm-hmm. So I think Philly just kind of wanted to address their defensive side of the game. Yep. And they added a veteran right-handed defenseman. So I think this is a solid trade for Philly, trying to mm-hmm. build that depth from the back end. 
Well, again, they want to compete for the playoffs, and with the team they're creating now, I think they can. They just, I don't know if Carter Hart's the guy to lead them in the playoffs, but obviously we saw Jordan Bennington do that with St. Louis. Uh, we'll see next season, but going back to the decor, the decor now consists of Niskanen, Gossespierre, Braun, Haig, Morin, Sanaheim, Provorov, Schlemko, and Philip Myers. So who's not going to be there next year? Uh, that's going to be tough. I know there's lots of rumors rolling around that Gosses Bear might be dealt to Montreal. So I'm kind of uh, hoping that happens. He'd be a great left-hand partner for Shea Weber on the top pairing. But again, that's just a rumor. It might not happen. So just looking at these names here of the Flyers' decor, uh, it's kind of hard. I would say maybe Schlemko for sure probably won't make it. Yeah, And maybe... Robert Hag possibly. I don't know. Yeah, well, they have a lot of young defensemen in Philadelphia though. Morin, Sandheim, Provorov, Myers are all like 24 or 25 and younger. So, yeah. And Provorov needs a contract I think this year. So they got to sign him. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be. I don't think he makes over like 4.5. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's more of a two-way defenseman. He kind of had a down year this year. So yeah. it kind of probably lowered his value a little bit. I was going to ask you something about that. Yeah, so yeah, with Shane Gossesbury, the rumors going around around him uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. I know, uh, if you guys didn't know, but uh, Victor Mete is actually Joseph Caruso's cousin, so that's pretty cool. He's on the top pairing with uh, Shea Weber most of the games, and acquiring a guy like Shane Gossesbury would be very good for the Habs, uh, but I think the Habs need to focus more on uh, number one center. Uh, they've been missing that for a couple years now. Uh, I don't know, even know who was the last number one center on that team who's actually really good. I mean, Max Domi was good this year, but I think they need better than Max Domi. I, don't, I, I think Max Domi can repeat what he did last season, but, I mean, I don't think you can bank your money on Max Domi doing that again and again and again with the players he has around him. Um, do you think they give a shot at Matt Duchesne? Yeah, so I, I think a point I forgot to mention when we were talking about P.K. Subban is the reason, like, Nashville really wanted to trade Subban specifically was because his cap hit is $9 million, Yeah, and they're, they're reportedly really gunning for Matt Duchesne in free yeah. agency. I know they traded for Kyle Turris a couple years back to be that pure second-line center behind Ryan Johansson, and he just has not worked out at all over there. <laughs> he's just been injured. And just not, not producing. Yeah, he's not producing consistently. And I think they wanted to move that nine million, and then they're trying to focus more on Duchesne, yeah. possibly. Yeah. So I, I know Montreal was looking in on Duchesne as well. Duchesne's favorite team growing up was Montreal, so there could be a little bit of an advantage there. But as a Habs fan personally, I wouldn't want them to sign Duchesne unless it's like under nine million. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want them to overpay for Duchesne because he is 28, which isn't yeah. old, but I don't want them to be, like, eight, seven years, and he'll be, like, 35, making, like, $9 million. Yeah, And they have, like, Kokanyemi, Domi, yeah. Paling. They have all these guys coming up that are in their teens and 20s. So I just don't want them to go overboard on Duchesne, but it would be nice to have. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of – Teams and I'm at Duchesne. We heard Arizona as well. Obviously Montreal. Obviously Nashville needs number one centers. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great free agency. Let me oh just yeah, I can't wait. I love the NHL off season. And yeah, so Carlson's off the board for the free agency, so we won't see him going to the UFA. Uh, he's signed back with the San Jose Sharks for another eight years. So I mean, Brent Burns can be dominating the NHL uh, defensive stats for a while now. And another defenseman in the trading books is. Jacob Truba, uh, he was rumored to be dealt last year. 
uh, by the Winnipeg Jets, and now he's actually traded. So he's going to the New York Rangers in exchange for Neil Pionk and a first-round pick. Uh, Truba led the Jets defenseman with an NHL career-high 50 points, 8 goals, 42 assists in all 82 games last year for the Jets, as well as Neil Pionk had 40 points, 7 goals, 33 assists, and 101 games for the New York Rangers in the past two seasons. Um, I don't want to ask you for the opinion on the trade, but like if you're looking at the New York Rangers defensive core with like Adam Fox now, Mark Stahl, uh, Jacob Truba, a lot of more guys, like what do you think they're going to be doing next year with the Rangers? Uh, they also have Kevin Shattenkirk, who kind of hasn't worked out as well as they hoped when they signed him a couple years ago, but he's there as well. Um, the Rangers are still in transition, but this Truba trade, I really like it for them, honestly. It really solidifies their defense. He's a 25-year-old right-handed shooting defenseman. Throws are very high commodities. I mean, I don't think the Rangers are going to make the playoffs next year necessarily, but they are in a step in the right direction, especially with adding Kako in the draft. And they have Gorgiev, who seems to be taking the starting role from Lundqvist. And I know Lundqvist has been sitting on 449 wins, for yeah. the longest time, I've been listening to the podcast, yeah. and ever since you guys guaranteed 450, <laughs> he has, he has not had it yet. But uh, I just wanted to include that because I thought it was a little bit funny. But yeah, I don't think the Rangers are going to make the playoffs next year, but they are in a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, and as I said in the beginning, like the defensive core, they also have Brady Shea and Anthony D'Angelo, young guys. So the oldest player on the defensive core is Mark Slaw, 32. So that's pretty good for the New York Rangers heading into the future. They also need to sign Truba. Um, there's been rumors again from the Sportsnet and TSN crew here in Toronto that he's asking for 7 mil plus. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he'll instantly be their number one defenseman. I know they have Schottenkirk at around 6-something. Yeah. But I, Truba is 25. Like you have, to, I think you have to sign Truba because you oh, did yeah. trade. You gave up a first-round pick for him and... Neil Pionk, as you mentioned, who's a solid NHL defenseman. Yeah. So I think $7 million is a pretty good price for him if they can get him to eight years. Okay, yeah, so obviously Truba, big acquisition for the New York Rangers. So uh, we'll see him in action next year. Corey Perry has been bought out by the Anaheim Ducks. What do you think, think about that? Uh, Perry's been with the Ducks forever. Uh, it's kind of bittersweet, I guess. They they really had to get rid of that $8.6 million yeah. cap hit. Like, it just wasn't working for them. Mm-hmm. Perry has declined like massively in the past like two or three seasons. He's just not worth that much money anymore. And I guess it was in the Ducks' best interest to just buy him out and kind of make him find his own team on his own terms. Yeah. I know him and Getzlaff were like one yeah. of the best duels of like the 2000s and the 2010s. Yep. So it is bittersweet for the Ducks. They had to get rid of that cap, but it cost them one of their one of the best players in franchise history. Yeah. Perry holds several all-time franchise records, including most games played with 988 and penalty minutes with <laughs> 1,110. It's a bit of a grind over there. He also ranks second in franchise goals with 372 and game-winning goals, 64, and third in points, 776, assists, 404, and power play goals, 103. Uh, Perry carried a cap hit, as I said before, $8.6 million for the past six seasons, so I think he had two years left. Yeah. Since the Ducks bought him out, they have recapture penalties for an additional two years after the 2021 season, I believe. So, and Bob Murray said after he bought out Perry that this was one of the most difficult decisions I've had to make in my 44 years in the NHL. So, Thomas, what else do you think about this Corey Perry being bought out? Well, yeah, I, well Perry's not going to make, I don't think he should make over like $3 mil next year. 
and I would take Corey Perry at like three million on my team any day because he's still a decent enough player. I mean, he put up what like seventeen points last year in thirty-one games or something like that. Yeah, not too bad. But again, he came back from like yeah. I think he broke his ankle or something in the yeah, preseason. Like so I mean, he's not a bad player. He can still probably get you fifteen to twenty goals if healthy. Yeah. But just his like his foot speeds declined. He's just not the same player as he used to be. And like obviously, Bob Murray hasn't had much difficult decisions to do in his. 10 years of GM in the league. I mean, he's had Timo Solani on his team, Ryan Getzloff, and he has a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, what he has to complain about. But obviously, yeah, that's a tough decision. He's one of the best players in franchise history. Uh, he's obviously, obviously going to be in the banners in a few years with the number 10 going up there. So, yeah, that sucks for Perry. But again, he's going to hit the free agent mark, and I wonder what team's going to pick him up. I don't know if you see a fit on any other team, but um, where the Habs might be in on him. Oh, God. Another... <laughs> Habs are in on everyone these days, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would take them if it was like less than four million for yeah. sure. Like if it was like three point five for two years, and maybe as a third line winger, maybe second power play unit. But I feel like if he wants, he could probably go to a cup contender and take even more of a discount if he wants. Yeah. Maybe to win another Stanley Cup, but we'll see what the future holds for Corey Perry. Yeah, I heard Edmonton's on him too. They're in on everyone every 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 year. So we'll see about Corey Perry. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, another free agent, um, it was Alexander Edler. So he was expected to be a free agent this year. Uh, he signed a two-year extension with the Canucks worth an average annual value of $6 million per season. He had 34 points, 10 goals, 24 assists, and 56 games with the Canucks last season. Uh, I think this is a great deal. What about you? Yeah, it's a great deal. I think especially a two-year deal, it's not too long. It's not too short. So they get Edler. Yeah, I think he's 34 years old now. So that'll probably bring him to age 36. And he'll be a great veteran presence for someone like Quinn Hughes yep. to look after and model his NHL game after, kind of give him pointers and tips in the defensive zone and how to play out different scenarios. So I think this is a great signing for Vancouver. And he is one of their best defensemen in, yeah. in their franchise. So mm -hmm. He, he does have the respect of uh, management as well as his peers. So I think even $6 million is not even too much to swallow, yeah, it's given like the intangibles that he brings to the team. And like we mentioned about Patrick Morrill, the third year that the Leafs gave him, like he's, Edler's not getting the third year. So when they have to sign uh, Elias Pettersson, in, when, he, when Edler's a free agent, it's going to be very good because I think they can let him go. He's going to be 36, as you said. So I think it's going to be good for the Vancouver Canucks to sign uh, Swedish forward Elias Pettersson at that time. Uh, we also have another defensive news in Tampa Bay. Braden Coburn's going back for another two years worth $1.7 million per season. Coburn, obviously, is a defensive defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He had 23 points, four goals, 19 assists, and 74 games with the Lightning. Uh, this will be his sixth uh, season with the Lightning. Uh, and, you know, there's not much to say about Braden Coburn. He's a defensive defenseman. Uh, what do you think about it? I mean, yeah, he is a defensive defenseman. He's in the twilight of his career now. I mean... <laughs> A little bit up there in age, but I think he just wants to get that Stanley Cup, and I think he took a bit of a discount just to stay with the Lightning. I mean, he probably could have got over $2 million every anywhere else, but he wants to stay with the Lightning, try to win a cup there, and uh, I think it's a good deal for the Lightning. And they also have to sign Dan Girardi, Anton Strollman. I don't know if they've been uh, contacted about a contract extension yet. I would assume Anton Strollman's going to get a contract extension. I mean, he's only 32, and he's pretty good. So we'll see with the Lightning. They have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. As we mentioned, Braden Point's a RFA, 23 years of age. And I think he scored like 41 goals this year. So, yeah, they and again, there's another move for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You want to mention it? 
Yeah. Uh, surprisingly and very conveniently, Callahan <laughs> was placed on long-term injured reserve because of a back injury. And he will be... It seems like his NHL career could be over. Yeah. Again, this could be legitimate, but it's just very... It's a, a yeah, very big coincidence. Timing. Yeah, very big coincidence that they, it happened just before they have to sign point and things like that. So if it is the end of Callahan's career, he'll finish with 386 points, 186 goals, 200 assists, and 750 regular season games, as well as 39 points, 20 goals, 19 assists, and 121 playoff games. Callahan was, before he got traded to Tampa, he was the captain of the New York Rangers, he was flipped almost one for one about over five years ago now for for Martin Saint Louis, who's now retired, mm-hmm. and then Tampa inked him to a, a kind of an albatross of a contract. They gave him like seven years at like just under six million, and he's been like a fourth liner the past couple of years. It just hasn't really worked out for him. But yeah. again, this back injury could be legitimate, and it really sucks for Callahan if it is. But it just I just find it funny how it happened about a week before free agency. Yeah, it's obviously a bit fishy there, but lightning of a lot of contracts assigned, and we'll keep you updated on that as well. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks also made some contract extensions with goaltender Ryan Miller, Derek Grant, and Corbinian Holzer, all signed to one-year contracts. I mean, there's not much to talk about them. They're not that good. And, yeah, so the Anaheim Ducks, I wrote an article about them a few weeks ago and saying how their young players could make an impact uh, on the roster next year and for the foreseeable future for their franchise. And, again, going back to Tampa, I mean, like, I don't think they're going to downgrade in terms of standings. I think they're still going to win the Eastern Conference, maybe the President's Trophy, because they still have guys like Nikita Kucherov. Again, if they have to sign Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Andre Palat, Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, if he's still there next year. And then on defense, you got Victor Hedman, who's probably like one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. And they also have Ryan McDonough signed to a contract. I don't agree with that contract, but he's signed to it. Uh, they also have Mikhail Sergachev coming in RFA next year. And Eric Chernak is an RFA next year, as well as their goalie, Andre Vashlevsky, who is an RFA goalie uh, next year. So Lightning have a lot of contract to sign. We've been talk- I've been talking with Flager a bunch of times on the podcast about the Lightning, and I don't know how you feel about their cap situation going forward, but it's not going to be pretty. I mean, I thought this year was the year that they would win the Cup. They had 62 wins, for God's sake. I mean, and then they shit themselves in the first round by getting swept. It just, it was so shocking, especially to Columbus who hasn't won a first-round series in their history. He gets swept, and I honestly thought this was the year for Tampa, but they really have to possibly go all-in next year again, even though they kind of did this year. Because then I do not think they'll have enough cap to sign Vasilevsky and Chernak and Sergeyev. It's not going to happen. Vasilevsky's going to demand a huge raise. Mm -hmm. He won the Vesna. He's been a finalist again this year. So he's like on the rise, and like his cap hit will just keep going up again if he plays sensational uh, next year, like he did this year. Well, he's at three point five right now. I think he jumps to about like eight nine million when he's an RFA next year, because I think he's the best goalie in the National Hockey League. I don't know about you. I mean, your boy Carey Price there has ten point five cap hit. I don't know if you believe he's the best goalie in the league still. I certainly do. Ah, oh, god. Okay, well, I think Vashlev's the best goalie. I mean, he had 39 wins this season. He missed a month of hockey, and he still won, still won the Vesna. So, no, uh, Vashlev's yeah. a fantastic goalie. I mean, he's he's so young too. Like he took yeah. the starting role at like 21 or 22. Like he's just been sensational. 
I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I think he can demand the same as Price because he'll be a lot younger yeah. as soon as he hit is able to get that big contract. Mm-hmm. And he possibly could have a Stanley Cup on his resume if exactly. they win next year. He already has a Vesna. I mean, he has the age on his side as well. So I think he can demand about 10.5 as well. Yeah, that's all the news we have for you guys today. Um, do you have any favorite news that you we've talked about through the whole podcast episode? Yeah, Montreal picking Cofield at 15 okay, well. was definitely my favorite. <laughs> but other than that, uh, Subban getting traded. I mean, Subban was probably my favorite player on Montreal for a number of years when he was there. He's their number one defenseman. Um, I, w- I was shocked when they traded him three years ago for Shea Weber. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it because I remember at the time... Uh, he had two, he was two years into his uh, eight-year deal, and by July thirtieth, a no trade clause kicked in, and they traded him the day before that no trade kicked in. So I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like I was so pissed. I was like, Bergeron, what the hell are you doing? But, I mean, Shea Weber's probably a Hall of Famer, captain on Nashville for so many years. But anyways, other than that, but PK getting traded to the Devils was very surprising. I knew he was. I kind of had a feeling he was going to get traded, all the rumors and reports and things like that. But just New Jersey coming out of nowhere, kind of, and just picking up that whole contract. And now they have their number one defenseman in P.K. Subban. Yeah. And, yeah, we need. Uh, they need to address the goaltending situation, as we said uh, numerous times. So I don't know what they get in free agency. Maybe they go after Talbot, but I don't think that's enough for the Devils to secure a playoff spot next year. I mean, hopefully they do. They have a good enough team to do it, I think. Jack Hughes really steps up next season. And yeah, like you said, Caulfield to the Habs is an absolute steal. Uh, he's basically a Alex Dabrinka 2.0. So I don't know if he's not going to play first year. I think I don't. I, I no, no. He, I think he's going to yeah. NCAA next year. But yeah, Thomas, what was your favorite part of what we covered today? Uh, honestly, like probably Marlowe gone from the Leafs that <laughs> contract because like that frees up a lot of cap space for again Janssen, Kapanen, and uh, Mitch Marner. Uh, Janssen and Kapanen are actually set to sign uh, contract extensions. Uh, it's not finalized yet, but they're at 3.2 for Kasperi Kapanen for the next three years, and Janssen's 3.4 for the next four years. So I'm mean, pretty excited for that. Obviously, I don't want to see Patrick Marlowe go, but at the end of the day, it's a business, and you got to trade the contracts that uh, you signed. Very, it was very big at the time, and the third year obviously killed the Leafs. So, uh, yeah, I think that was my favorite part of the podcast so far today. Yeah, those those contracts, if they get signed, like, what, it's not official yet, but if Kasper Kapanen and Andreas Johnson get signed, those are great contracts, honestly. Yeah, I hate the Leafs, but like those are great contracts. I mean, both of those cap hits combined are just a shade under $7 million, yeah. which I think is great. So if Dubis manages to get those two signed around those cap hits, then I think he did a good job with those two guys. Yeah, that's all we have to talk about the N10 Puck Talk podcast. I don't know if you have any last words, but... For my last words, uh, we have a couple guests coming up on the pod. We have uh, Swaggy Canuck coming up on soon after the July 1st free agent frenzy. That's going to obviously be on July 1st. And we're going to see a lot of free agents go many, many places. So uh, we'll be in tune for that after. I think that episode's going to probably come out the next day, so July 2nd. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, do you have any last words? We enjoyed you having a guest here in replacement for AJ. So. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I like, <laughs> I like, I always listen to N10 Puck Talk podcast. So 
I love being on it today. Hopefully, I'll be on it in the future. I mean, my last words is just get ready for free agency, get ready for the offseason because it's going to be pretty hectic, I think. Yeah, so that's, uh, that does the N10 Puck Talk podcast, episode number 19. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for the free agent frenzy because it's going to be a good one. <laughs>